Mmm, delicious fat. Mmm. <laughs> chew, chew, chew. Mmm. <laughs> Welcome to Tell Me Why I'm Wrong, the internet's favorite podcast about why Sophie and I are wrong. I'm Amos. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Sophie. I'm the other co-host. This is a podcast where typically uh, one of us reads sort of a, a prepared statement about a topic that maybe uh, maybe the other person knows more about, and then the other person responds, and then we uh, we reverse it. However, this is a bonus episode, so... We're not doing that. We're just uh-uh. going to kind of talk about a couple of things. It's a free-for-all. It is. Um, so the 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 meat of the episode is going to be some follow-up to... It's fatty meat. The, like uh, pork belly. <laughs> the uh, Animals are so much cuter when they're alive. <laughs> tastier when they're dead, though. Uh yeah, so so the 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 bulk of the episode is going to be a um, a discussion about the the new ish movie Wonder Woman because back way back when in season one episode three three <laughs> three uh, we 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 talked about it, that was our Great War double feature and we talked about why. Uh, Wonder Woman was in World War One, and in that episode, and we why said, superheroes are cool, and why comic book superheroes yep. went to the movies, and all that stuff. You can listen to it if you want. Yep. Um. And and in that episode, we said that maybe maybe when the movie came out, we would watch it and talk about it. So so we did. We went. I mean, on we a did field watch trip. it. And we're going to talk about. It. We did. We took yeah. a field trip. We met up. We met up IRL. With a with a, a fan and friend of the show, Nick. Hey, Nick, and um, and we went and watched the movie. We did, and um, we were so like restrained that we kind of hung out for a little bit afterwards and didn't talk very much about it, so that we'd save right. all of our exactly. thoughts to share with you. Right. So I don't really I don't really know what Sophie's going to say, and I don't. She doesn't really know what I'm going to say, and uh, we, we don't we... even know what we're going to say ourselves. Exactly, it's it's a it's a mystery. Uh, before we get into that, I, I do have a little bit of follow up because I I got into listening to old episodes and I didn't stop with with listening to the the first part of that Great War double feature. I went and I listened to uh, season two, episode five, homework, uh, and I just had some more thoughts about some things in there. So. Uh, first up, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell myself why I'm wrong with a little correction. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so toward the end of the episode, I we started talking about action scenes being alienated, sorry, alienating or boring uh, when you can't engage with them. And you sort of said that like action scenes in general, you can't really engage with. And you just kind of tune out and get bored. And I said that the bad action scenes uh, cause me to disengage and get bored. And and I I blamed uh some of some of the problems with recent action movies on um people doing poor imitations of the born supremacy and i said i i said that uh doug lyman directed that and that of course is is wrong uh doug lyman directed the born identity oh. but uh the uh after that paul greengrass took over and directed all of the uh the matt damon born movies um so Paul Greengrass, not Doug Lyman. Uh, and so I guess that leads into to one of the other things I wanted to say about action scenes. In in the episode, I talk about the need for them to be coherent. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mentioned a little bit of just about geography, like needing to know uh, where people are in relation to each other and in relation to their surroundings in order for it to make sense. Um, but I, I sort of I got lost there in... in and left off the most important thing that makes fight scenes interesting, which is that they're about something more than the physical conflict. Mm. Um, there need to be, there need to be stakes to the fight scene to the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think a great, great example of this uh, and one that really does a lot to invert the way fight scenes normally work is the, the climactic lightsaber battle between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi, where it's not just a fight between these guys to see who's going to win. It's actually a fight for Luke Skywalker's soul 
and whether or not he's going to succumb to the dark side. Right. Um, so it's about something more than just fighting skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say even the, the very best fight scenes, the, the, the way people fight tells you about the characters and, and the, the interactions between the characters are um, in the fight is, is part of the character building. Interesting. Um, Do you have an example? Yeah. <sighs> uh, I mean, I, I, I've talked about this movie a couple times on the show, but I would, I would say Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Um, like so, so much of that movie is characters expressing themselves through action because there's, there's almost no dialogue. Um, other good examples. Oh, like the original Die Hard. You know, there's so much of that movie in like the quote unquote fight scenes. Uh, yeah, there's fighting, but it's also about like Bruce Willis's character just like being clever and improvising. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not necessarily as strong as these bad guys that he's fighting, but he's he's uh, he's quick witted and he's able to, you know, improvise and make use of his surroundings in a way that tells uh, you that's something about the character. I would say also just to link the episodes two halves together that. The double episode fistful of paintballs and four few paintballs more. Not the first paintball, but the second and third paintballs episodes of Community. Maybe do a little bit of the similar thing. That's uh, that seems likely to me. <laughs> um, so you know some of my thoughts about action movies, and, and we'll we'll come back to that because I I've, we will. I've, I have thoughts about that as it relates to Wonder Woman. Excellent. Um, and then the the last thing I wanted to say about that episode is uh, you talked about Guillermo del Toro in sort of his, his moral vision yeah. and found it limited uh, because he has these monsters that he loves, but they're never redeemed. Um, and he's got these sort of like, like the bad guys are, are really just bad. Um, they do the exact same thing that the good guys do. Almost. Yeah, maybe. It's often, yeah, or similar, yeah. similar things. Yeah. So, I mean, first, first thought is, I, I think, uh, I actually think Hellboy Two offers a little bit more, a little bit more nuanced a vision where, uh, the bad guy is kind of right in important ways. Mm. Um, and and I, I think I think that movie is much more ambivalent about about whether or not I feel like that's actually a staple of action movies. And again, this leads back to Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, it could be, I, but I, I mean, I think, I guess I, I think Whether Hellboy that's... 2 is like, like you often get like the, you know, you're just a, you know, you're just a dark reflection of me. You and I, we are not so different. You are just a dark <laughs> reflection of me. Like you often get that kind of speech. And, and then the hero's response is like, I'm nothing like you. Kapow. Uh, whereas in, in Hellboy 2, I think it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, like the bad guy's like, he's kind of right. I don't know. I, th- I think it's a it's a little. I think I, don't I think remember it, enough about that movie to like actually say anything about it. But yeah, that's could be okay. Totally I just right just that. that's fine. I just just yeah. point that out. And then, oh, I I think I I guess the other thing I would say about that as a moral vision is I think it's, you know, one of the things that Del Toro has talked about in in interviews is that he you know he grew up in I think uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, but he grew up with sort of surrounded by Spanish expats mm-hmm. who were like, I think they were like liberal academics and, and uh, intellectuals and stuff who'd fled uh, the Spanish Civil War. Um, and I, I think, I my my, I guess my interpretation is that he thinks that there is evil that can't be negotiated with. Mm-hmm. And that that that's that's like a thing out there in the world, mm. um, and so like there may be times in his movies where there is sort of like I don't know, negotiation or or trying to um, understand something, but then there are also uh, these times where people just sort of need to band together to solve uh, to to sort of fight against something that's evil. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think where it gets like muddy is at what point do you become what? At what point do you sort of become tainted by that evil because right. of your methods of dealing with it? Right. Totally. And I'm not sure that like at least in I think maybe Hellboy actually like tries 
to get towards that a little bit more, but I feel like in Pan's Labyrinth, that's just not something that really he's interested in at all. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The partisans are really just there for a contrast. And, right. And the relationship right. isn't isn't really explored. Well, and I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about you mentioned that the brother, Mercedes' brother, is sort of like he's this sort of like, I don't know, he's handsome and he's good and she loves him Big, so much. wide eyes. Yeah. Right. And like Ophelia is going to sacrifice herself for her brother, who she doesn't, who she has very little relationship with really at all. But it's sort of a parallel there. Yeah. To sort of, I think you kind of hook into the idea that Mercedes and her brother have this bond, and so Ophelia and her brother will have this bond, and that's why she sort of does what she does. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Just some thoughts. Yeah. Um, so, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do we think? I mean... I'm trying to, so I'm, uh, or know, maybe, lots- maybe, uh, let, uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe rather than just jumping in with what we think, maybe, maybe we should talk a little bit about expectations or sort of what we went into the movie with. Sure. I, uh, yeah, let's do that. So, so as, as you know, from the first time we talked about it, I, you know, way back when it, when it was just a trailer, I was like offended and disgusted i was just like yeah. why like this is just so, so like i'm mad and this is stupid and people are gonna get the wrong idea and i'm angry <laughs> and this is gonna make my life harder and you know blah blah um and then like the buzz started to kind of be around um both like in the media but also just from people that i know and whose opinions i tend to trust being like this is a great movie and um you know, whether like whether it's a feminist movie or not, like it's a great movie for feminists, like feminist mm. people will mm-hmm. like this movie and it's like a good movie for women. And there's like, you know, the woman, is, the, the director is a, is a woman and, you know, there's all kinds of neat stuff that goes on and, and like you're going to like it and it's good for little girls. And so I sort of was like, OK, like, sure, uh, I'm ready to. And so like it sort of was like, I still don't know about this like World War One thing. But I don't know. yeah, um, but there was some sort of like, um you know, there were some clues that part of the, like the heart of the thing was going to be an opposition to war. And I was like, well, actually that kind of maybe goes together and okay. And, um, so I was very excited to see it. I mean, I was like excited for our field trip and it was really fun. And, um, and so, you know, I think I had those expectations. I was like, I'm ready to be entertained. I'm ready to have fun. I'm ready to be gratified because like, this is supposed Mm. to be a movie that like, just to tie in stuff we've been talking about, like it's a thread that's run through a lot of episodes. Like, this is kind of like maybe a little bit more for me. Like I'm a little bit more welcome in this action movie than like other ones where I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was excited, but I was also kind of like, I don't know how this whole historical thing is going to go. And, um, but like when I left the movie, I really had very few beefs with that. Like, in the sense that it's not, it's not a documentary. It's not trying to be historically accurate, blah, blah, blah. But then in the, in the weeks that have followed, like some of my little, like, like well i mean this is just like my concern but it's not a big deal like now i'm kind of like no it is a big deal <laughs> like this actually I, doesn't work at all i actually i yeah no i uh okay yeah so no, that, I, I, mean, I i think there's some real problems with the 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 its approach to history that that i found troubling watching it and and i you know yeah yeah so i mean i hope that doesn't give too much away and it's mostly about no, my expectations I mean, do you want to like say what yours person. were Sure. So, so I, I guess I, I had a little bit more context for this movie because I have seen, uh, you know, oh, most you've of... seen her before. She's like, she's, she, this is not her first. Yeah. Right. right. So, Wonder, so Wonder Woman's been in other, not, I mean, this Wonder Woman has been in other movies recently. One other, one other. One other. Okay. Yeah. She was in Batman versus Superman. Which according to Dawn you is like Justice. the worst movie ever made. It's like it's comically <laughs> bad. It's like But it's not meant to be comic. No, it's it's like if a space alien like if you told a space alien about superhero movies and they're like, I have created a superhero movie for you earthlings to enjoy. Why is and he a watch, robot? Well it's just like it's the tra- <laughs> translator. He's got like a, uni- oh, a trans- okay. translating device. Okay. Because that he doesn't even understand human language. <laughs> um and you're like, I don't I mean, yeah, but uh, but no. That, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got no heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's like that's actually that's not right. I, I think that movie does have a heart. It's just um, wizened, misanthropic. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. And not, but so you, yeah. Right. So I've so I've seen these. The so Zack Snyder he directed uh, Man of Steel and and Batman versus Superman, both of which movies I think are are really bad and and I think they're both 
maybe not misanthropic, but maybe like, like just like actively contemptuous of normal people. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, like oh, that's I think really interesting. like Superman is like, these people are weak and pathetic and I guess I'll protect them, but I'm oh. going to like, I'm going to look down on them the whole time oh. and they're going to like look up at me and worship me. I and just, it's, I, it's super I, gross yeah. and just like not what Superman is about. Uh, or not what it should be, but it's like it's like the part of this deconstructionist sort of thing that that started in the in the eighties with comic books and and you know I don't know certain certain comic book fans have been sort of stuck in that mode for mm. the last thirty years and and it's mm. just you know I, I have thoughts about that that we don't need to get in. It's but all supposed that's to, to say, like kind of reverse the like I hello America I'm here to like exactly, be exactly. Boy Scout leader you know or like like they're too embarrassed to. Uh, they're emb- embarrassed of the characters, so they try to make them like dark and gritty or something. But it's like, oh. in the end, it's still people dressed up in tights fighting crime. So, <laughs> so you know, either either get over it or go make a different kind of movie. Um, so anyway, that I, I had when this movie was announced, I had incredibly low expectations for it because those other two movies were terrible. Um, but I, you know, I was willing to give it a shot. Just because I thought Wonder Woman was one of the better things in Batman v Superman, and not mm. because of the writing, but just because of Gal Gadot's mm-hmm. just charisma. Mm-hmm. Like she could just like show up on screen, and you're like, I want to watch more of this person mm-hmm. on a movie screen. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I couldn't really say why because she's not saying or doing anything interesting. But it might be her tiny outfit. I mean, that doesn't... Oh, that was just a cheap shot. I'm sorry. That was rude. That was rude. I'm sorry, everyone. But, like, man, you could could put a lot of actresses in a tiny outfit. You sure could. And I would not care to watch more of it. Um, And I thought they were actually, like, in the movie, they were, like, quite uh, judicious about that whole situation. Totally. And the outfit actually makes sense in the context of the movie. It does. Um, And she walks around in a very large cloak a lot of the time so that people in 1917 don't get horrified. Right. Um, so anyway, that, that was sort of my context. And then, and then, I, but I, like, I wasn't excited about the movie and it was sort of one of those things like, well, you know, if I end up seeing it, I'll see it. But and then I, I was would, enraged. You were enraged. But then, <laughs> then like, again, then the, the, the reviews started, started coming in and I was like, oh, well, people seem to actually really enjoy this movie. You know, I will make an effort to go see it. And I did. And mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. which was fun. It was so what do we, so what do we think of it? I mean, I had a lot of, as I said before, I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's like, it's a good time and it's a good time that like, I didn't have to feel like too yucky about <laughs> for most of it. Well, um, so, so did it do its job of being an action movie that made you feel welcome and, yeah, and part of the fun? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Okay, and great. I would say like the first third, which mostly, by the way, like we've warned everyone, there's like going to be a billion spoilers, all right? the spoilers, all of the spoilers. But so that first sort of third where it's, it's in whatever Amazonia land or whatever. Yeah. Right? The Amazonville. Yeah. Um, was my favorite. Um, both okay. because it was like very beautiful. It was I wanted to go there and yep. like be in that hot tub. Um, <laughs> and like, I really liked that world. And actually this is where I, so, so let me just, and I, and you like, just to say something about the outfits, like it seemed to me that that was, that was like well done, like seeing wonder woman's outfit in the context of like these other women, like, okay, yeah, this is what women in like this place who have this life and this society might wear. Totally. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I liked them a lot. I wanted to hang out in that world, yeah. but I want to ask you, I mean, I asked you this before, but maybe your thoughts have evolved. Like, so you weren't at all bothered by the like very, very wrong like Greek mythology business. I mean, you said you were you were annoyed that Ares was was portrayed as Zeus's son when in fact yeah. he's nothing of the kind. He's, he's his brother, brother yeah. right? He's one yep. of the original sons of um, uh, Uranus, Cronus. Yeah, Cronus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. but like, but did the other stuff make you mad? Because like, some of no. it was like kind of bullshit. Total, total bullshit. I, you know, I, I was, I was happy to go with it. You're okay. Okay. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't bother me. I, you know. Okay. Um, I guess, I guess Ares killing Zeus was a little, a little yeah, upsetting. What? A little and bit. also killing like all the other gods. And yeah, I just like felt bit. like it was a little like, I don't I, know. You know, here's Wagner esque. <laughs> a little, a little bit actually. Yeah. I. Um, if, if I'm going to be really honest, the yeah. other thing that bothered me is that this is a, uh, quote unquote Greek setting and they call, they call Zeus, Zeus, and they call Aries, Aries, not Jupiter and Mars. And her name is Diana. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's, that's not Artemis. a, yeah, that's not a Greek name. There's no, no, no Greeks named Diana. So that's that, the... that bothered me a little bit. 
Um, but that's like a, a really minor thing. No, I think uh, that makes and yeah, okay, that. But it's, good, I mean, that, yeah. But overall, no, it it didn't bother me. It's like you know, it's fine. It's it's just sort of like a premise, and then they go with it. Like like the backstory doesn't it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, except for it's my favorite part. So the backstory. I mean, not the backstory. Not okay. So like the, the not the like um, origin story of yeah. the Amazons being like veiled in their special island, but like that life on the island and i was like i wanted I, to know yeah. more about that and when like one of them was like listen blah 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 and she's like i'm sorry senator i was like oh they have senators what's that about are they, how, are yeah. they demo- like well how do they run their society like how does this right. all work i wanted to know that but they were not gonna tell me that yeah no I, I would totally watch a whole movie there i read one review where it's like oh it's all seems sort of stiff and lifeless on themiscree and the movie came to life when they left and i was like eh, wrong <laughs> no it's so so wrong although nope. it is Themyscri a beautiful awesome. it's gorgeous lo- like it's a lovely scene when they're on the boat and they're sort of like having their beginning of the adventure oh, that's, that's an really amazing great. scene it's a great scene that and it's is so scene. funny and cute yeah. and like charming and i mean i was really sad that guy was doomed wicked doomed yeah way doomed um what was i gonna say let's let's before we get off the miscrea let's just give a shout out to robin wright yeah who's for real. tremendous and i was yep. very sad that she died because i wanted yeah, to me watch too. Movie. me too I wanted a whole maybe movie they'll do robin like wright. Right. Maybe they can do like the prequel or something. Sure. I normally hate prequels, but I would, I'd be down for that one. Yeah. Ms. Um, Jenkins, take note. Yep. Give us, <laughs> give us the Robin Wright Wonder Woman prequel that we deserve. <laughs> um, anything else on Themyscira? I mean, everyone loves the, um, what is, what's, what's that? Oh, it's my watch. It's a watch thing. Where he's like oh, standing, standing the up. The penis naked. joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. like that was one of the first moments where I was like, "No man, not even American from like Colorado or wherever he's supposed to be from, does that in 1916 or 1917 or whatever year it's supposed to be." Like, you step back down in the water, you put your clothes on. Like, you don't just stand there nude in front of a woman. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. No, Especially not one that you like. Like. Oh, you think you liked her already? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So uh, let's just keep going. The scene in the boat, that's just a great, great, great scene. I don't know if I can do this chronologically because I don't really remember all no, of the like, progression. I didn't, re- I didn't take um, notes or anything. But, yeah, no, but I, I was that. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a great character moment because, again, you learn so much about them as yeah. characters. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's funny and charming and, um, yeah. And not idiotic about lesbianism. Nope. Yeah. No. Right. Um, so then they get to London. Lots of good sort of fish out of water humor there. I thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that secretary lady. She's funny. She was great. She was she good was there. Great. I mean, I have to say, like, uh, this this thing. I I get what they were going for. They were like, they were trying to be like, okay, he's working for the British, but like his little band are like people who are come from the margins of yeah. of the of the empire, right? Or of the empires, right? Because there's like the one guy who's Algerian, so he's like has he's french nominally but like he's not french he's north african and then there's the like native american guy and the scottish guy and they've all been sort of like screwed and and um exploited and colonized and all these kinds of things but like it ended up feeling so such so like such a stereotype um Mm -hmm. so and it was like sort of played for like social justiceiness or something but i didn't really mm. and then and then like having the Oh, what's his name? The the, the love interest guy. What's who is Steve? That? Yeah, Chris having, Pine. Yeah, having him sort of um, as as a, as like a guy from the U.S. in there. You're like, mm, I don't know. Um, he seems like a like he's one of the. If these are the losers of Empire, like he's clearly one of the winners. And there is that moment where they kind of nod to that, where it's like yeah. these people took my land. Which people? His people. But like that seemed like one. That just seemed like so like the seventies uh, trash public service announcement with the native american crying <laughs> the looking tier. at the track like i just was like ooh. i mean it wasn't a bad performance and that actor is clearly like made some choices about that role but like i was just like yeah. ooh, like this is this is just to like assuage my white guilt or something that's interesting so i i had your like you know as they were putting the band together i was kind of like uh, i don't know guys <laughs> um but that moment actually sort of pulled me in. It was like, oh, okay, they've actually like thought about what it means to have it. this group yeah. of people together, and it's not just um, 
like a wacky group of wacky people. Like they've they're they're yeah. they're doing they're they're going to do something with this. Yeah, yeah, and I group. think I think they did. I mean, I, um, I it, but no, it could I, have I been get you. worse. They, it could have been better. You know, they were they're minor characters, so everything's done in sort of broad strokes. Yeah, uh, and yeah. then they move on. They like make their point with the character, right. and then kind yeah. of, and move on with it. Well, um, and they're sort of like. Um, you know, they sort of like has have a certain amount of like skin in the game, but like also they are watching this war to see kind of like who ends up on top because they're not they they have like lots of reasons to not be sort of super patriotic. Yeah, um, they're sort they're of not, mercenaries, and so yeah. that's you know I I get that. Um, and I thought it was an admirable like movement towards something, but I I wasn't sure it like really landed great. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um. But that was not – that's not the – that's not my main historical concern. Well, so what is your main historical concern? Because well, I've, I've, I've got a couple too. I, I would be so interested to hear yours. So I sort of have a broad one and a narrow one. And the, okay. and the broad one, which I'll just like say broadly, and then, and then we can like delve into it, is just like uh, I think the film tries to say things about war and specifically about the Great War that have to do with like – nobody's a winner nobody's really good in this scenario um this thing is pointless people have a kind of um wars have a kind of like um interior momentum that once it gets going it's hard to sort of like get out of it yeah um even even if you're like wait why why are we doing this but nevertheless and i get that it was like set up such that um she has this realization towards the end where she's like, oh, it's not just the Germans. It's all of you. But, like, you have to get through the whole movie where she's, like, pretty content just to be like, the Germans are bad. And right. that seems, like, so um, teleological in the sense that, like, because war guilt is assigned ultimately to Germany as a state, like, you can sort of assume that everybody thought that at the time. Or at least that, like, someone coming from another world who'd never encountered um, our world before would like make, yeah. have that assumption. And you know, I just, I'm not sure that's right. Um, I mean, so, I so guess I would, like a... I would just say that like, you know, in, in the world of the movie, her introduction to the war into Germany is in the context of this horrific chemical weapons attack. Um, well, no, the first thing that happens is like the guys on the beach who are yeah, chasing right. Steve. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he's like, I know I'm the look like a bad guy, but I'm actually a good guy. And I was like, really? You're going to believe that? Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get, I get that. I, I think like there's a, there's a bigger, so then, so, uh, so along with like some of this historical um, obfuscation and confusion is sort of like what's happening with the armistice. And I like, we can talk yeah. more about this, but that's a real problem. The other thing I that's a real big, problem, big it's a, problem, it's a huge problem. And the other problem is like, the Russian Revolution, like has, like it's 1917 at least, right? Because they're yeah. like, they're they're coming up to November 18, so like this has happened or happening, depending on kind of where you situate yourself. I mean, there is no Eastern Front in the same way that there was before that happens, and so that's a kind of wonky thing. But but so we can so we can talk about those two major like actual historical um not even events but like elements but but the narrow one is just it's just ludendorff, ludendorff. like why dude just pick another funny sounding german yep. name like you're not gonna have all these problems like real and problem. I, was, I was having a conversation i was having a conversation with my partner about this and we were talking about whether or not the average moviegoer could be expected to like have any idea that this is a real guy but like i, mean, I would say my, no but there's the internet. There's like six BuzzFeed and like Vulture articles about who Ludendorff really was after the movie came out. Like it's right. very easy to be like, oh, that guy's a real guy. Okay. Yeah. And that's a real – I just think it's a huge problem. I, I agree. I mean I'm all for doing fictionalized versions of characters in movies. But there didn't seem to be any good reason to, to for, for it to be Ludendorff. Um, there's only bad reasons actually. I mean do you want to – I mean, I guess, well, so, right. So, so I, I mean, I, I will say it did lead me to, to go read the Wikipedia article about Ludendorff and I learned things about him that I didn't know. I mean, it turns out he really was like maybe a really bad guy, but just He's not, a very bad guy. Like a, he was a bad man. Yeah. But just not in the way that the movie, uh, right. I mean, portrays he, him like, yeah, he was, um, probably at least sort of like characterologically a little bit similar in that he was like, a, you know, characterized as a, as a workaholic and like having a very short temper. Yep. Um, but just, you know, just for our, our readers, uh, I mean, listeners. So he's, he is Supreme commander of the Eastern front after 1914. Um, uh, but like, as I said before, that the Eastern front really changes after Russia has a revolution and withdraws from the war. Um, 
So after 1915, um, Hindenburg is the chief of the general staff and Ludendorff is the quartermaster general. So they're the two top guys um, in the in the German um, military command. And uh, there's basically a military dictatorship in everything but name, at least post-1917, maybe even earlier into 1916. So they not only kind of usurp the power, by, by basically by bullying, they usurp the power of the civilian government. They also basically usurp the power of the Kaiser. Hmm. And um, he eventually, Lundorf eventually gets uh, fired by the Kaiser in 1918. So he sort of um, gets sacked. But... The other thing you need to know about him is that in 1923, he participates and, in fact, uh, coordinates the, the Beer Hall Putsch with Adolf yeah. Hitler, which is a, yeah. an attempted coup to um, to basically topple the um, democratic government of the, the Weimar Republic. Um, it doesn't it doesn't um, work. But Ludendorff actually is tried for this crime of treason, as is Hitler. Um, and so. Like I mean, you know, I mean, and the other he, the other thing about Ludendorff is he was a big proponent of the the stabbed in the back myth. Right? Yes, he was. So so that's the other thing that happened. So in between his being fired in 1918 and and, and this and this connects to the the uh, armistice question. Yeah. So between that and sort of like him becoming a Nazi. Um. So so like just to talk about the the armistice a little bit. I mean. Like I just thought it was a plot hole because you were like they were like we've got to do we've got to like solve this now before there's an armistice like why not like what just do the armistice like that's what people do and it's in the works so like I don't know why you have to like it just seemed like not that compelling I mean I know there's this gas thing that's happening but like uh. um but but the other thing is that like the German military command knows they're going to lose the war and German soldiers know that they're going to lose the war. Yeah. And in fact, they've been defecting from the front just as Russians have. So from the Eastern front, Trotsky's there like talking to them and being like, why are we doing this to each other guys? And obviously he has his own agenda too. Um, but Ludendorff and Hindenburg and some of these others, they, they recognize they're going to lose. They know they're going to have to make a very bad treaty you know they're going to surrender and it's not going to be good for germany and so they basically like are like hey civilian government like because because the, the revolution the never november revolution is happening they're like you guys just deal with this and then right they put a they put about this lie the big lie or the bad uh, stab in the back legend which is basically this we were going to win but we didn't because we were sold out by socialists and jews in the civilian government right right and so you know he's a he's a nasty dude, and he lives until 1937. Like, right? She, you know, like I, I don't understand. And and so then I was wondering, is this like a t weird like I changed history thing? Like, if I kill Ludendorff, then what? No, like no, World no, War Two no. doesn't happen or something? Like, I, I it just seems no, it really definitely clumsy isn't that. to me. Yeah, clumsy, unnecessary. Just like possibly really pro problematic. Like this yeah. is a real guy, and he was a really bad guy, not just for the reasons that the movie suggests. Yeah, and and I I really don't see any upside. Like the only the only thing I can come up with is that they just wanted like like whatever sort of name recognition he had right. to as like to give it some sort of like heft or something. But yeah. I just don't think it's enough name recognition to make it worth it dramatically. Well, and, you know, for me, like, I know I complain about this all the time, and maybe it's not a valid complaint in the grand scheme, but, like, uh, after Inglorious Bastards, I got a lot of questions about whether Hitler died in a cinema fire in, like, 1937 no, he died in, or whatever. he died in 1956 at the conclusion of the occult wars. <laughs> I just, you know, I would, it's a lot of cleanup that has to happen, and I just wonder, like, why it had, like, did, couldn't we just name him, like some whatever also, what was that movie un, with Gwyneth unlike, Paltrow Dan, unlike Danny she, Houston Ludendorff had a big mustache too they left that part out oh okay well I was gonna say the movie where um uh oh what is that movie and Gwyneth Paltrow is in it but there's a bad man and his they call him Totenkopf and which means like oh. death head and like yeah. you could just pick some German noun that sounds threatening like why right. yeah right. so so that's a problem for me I, and uh, those are my sort of main issues with the thing but i mean people are so tired of the war by that point including germans right. who are really miserable and and also so, so um, that's Habsburgs, right in the habsburg empire vienna and berlin are on the point of starvation like right it's the and whole thing is coming apart and that's that's like dramatically that's that's where the where like like you you can have like historical problems that are uh, uh or like a historical things in the movie that are problems Sure, like yeah. anachronistic or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I, I feel like the, just the whole, the whole armistice thing was just a dramatic problem. It was. It just didn't work. It was like yeah. I mean, I get like knowing that the 
the MP or whatever was secretly Aries or something, you're like, okay, so like if he's bad, then saying we should do this is bad. So then that armistice is bad. But like, I mean, armistice. Right. And I guess what was, was the idea that the armistice was, would give Ludendorff time to get his poison gas going? The idea was that like this poison gas attack was going to happen and it was like, it was going to restart the war. It was going to be so effective that the Germans who are losing wouldn't surrender because they wouldn't have to. And the longer the negotiations took, the more time he had to do that. And by the way, I did kind of, I, I like had a weird uh, I found appealing in a in a, like a fascinating un- like dark way the scientist lady. Oh yeah, she was an interesting Dr. character. Poison. I wanted to know a little bit more about. Is that really what her name was? I think. I mean, it wasn't like that was her nickname. I think. Okay. Because <laughs> I was gonna say like if your name if your mom names you that like you pretty much have only one destiny. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like like it was a movie that that wanted to be set in the middle of the war. They wanted to be set mm-hmm. in like 1915 right. or sure. 1916 right. that they set in like 1918. Yeah. Um, and it ends up like, it just ends up sort of like sucking the drama out. Cause they're like, no, the war is basically over. So, so like the whole scene of her crossing no man's land, like that was a scene out of 1916. I think that scene could have been in any moment, probably because because the you know the problem is yeah. that people keep on fighting even though they don't want to. But okay, fair that, enough. I mean, I would say I, I think I said this to you before, but like that was my favorite scene of the whole. It was movie. great. I it loved was it. the most emotionally effective and or affecting. It affected me the most. And like cheesy as this may sound, but like to me that was a moment where I was like, that's what being a woman feels like. I, I, you are not the only person who had that reaction. I'm, I'm sure I'm not like just that. She, and, and there's that moment where they say like, they're watching her and she's just like, she's just going, you know, and she's kind of bent over and she's yep. like just doing it. And then they say like her buddies are like, she's drawing all the fire and like, we have to go help her. And that also was very affecting to me. Yeah. The idea that like that one woman who's sort of out in the vanguard is the one who's just going to get like all the shit. Yep. So I thought that was a, a really kind of like miraculous thing to have happen in the movie. I was just like, oh my yep. god, yep. And uh, you know, amazing. that was a that was a moment where the movie almost lost me. Where I'm like, I'm like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. When she's getting ready to like, yeah, to go pop over up. the thing. Yeah, You're like, like, oh, no, I, I, me too. I I like looked over and I was like, this seems like it's gonna be stupid. <laughs> and then they totally pulled it off, yeah, which is you know, I guess. There sort of my reaction more, to the whole movie. There would have been way more bodies in there. I mean, this is what I tell my students always. Like, no matter what, any movie, any TV show, anything you see about World War One, like any any depictions of the trenches, like you just have to understand that it was ten times worse. Like any anything that any depiction is just like it's going to be sanitized because it was you, so awful. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen Gallipoli? I have seen Gallipoli. Yeah, okay. okay, Gallipoli is pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I take it back. But that's not a trench situation in the same way. At the end, it is. Yeah, but I guess I mean they maybe haven't been there that long. It's because right. it's, there's it's not, not like gangrenous yeah. feet. And... No, like they've only been there for a few weeks. I think. Right, right. But that but... scene where they're just like practicing in the desert is like pretty. Awful. Oh, and his feet gets all me- get all messed up. I don't remember. I just yeah. remember. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, anyway Gallipoli. Good yeah. Good movie. So, what were your historical problems? Well, so so my big ones were, were Ludendorff in the yeah. in the whole in the the armistice plot point. I guess I would throw in there the the part where Ludendorff. And Doctor Poison killed the other generals. I was, yeah, I, that that got a groan from me. Not like, what, necessary. Yeah. Like, what? What? How does? How does? Like, in? How does? How does? How is that supposed to work? Like, <laughs> like generals can just go around like knocking off rooms full of other generals and then keep going around being a general like that. Right. They get away with that. Right. That didn't. Right. That didn't right. make yeah, sense yeah, to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the there's a similar like- scene in in. I, I almost feel like you can't talk about this movie without talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, which you haven't seen. No, I haven't. But that's that's the first Captain America movie, and it's largely set during World War II with a, a sort of present-day framing device. Is um, the Captain America in the same like universe as Wonder Woman? No, no. it's a different franchise. Totally. Yeah, he's, he's a Marvel hero, um, and she is a DC hero. Um, but there's, there's a lot of similarities uh, between the movies structurally. Not so much, so much thematically, but but like the characters are similar mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and they're, they're they're sort of like naive goodness and belief in the goodness of people, um, and and the way that inspires people around them. Uh, but but there's a scene in that movie where the villain, who's who's uh, like a, a super Nazi, 
He's like too Nazi for the Nazis, and he kills a bunch of Nazis. Sure, who come I mean that happens also. That happened also. Yeah, really. <laughs> but it, like it made sense in that movie because the whole point was that he was sort of striking off and doing sure. his own thing and breaking off from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this movie, it just seemed to be like just a really clumsy way of emphasizing the point that this is a bad guy. Well, right, and I mean part of the problem is like that there that 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 uh, he's in a. Th- there's a military dictatorship and even when there's not a military dictatorship there's an authoritarian emperor so like the the people don't have any control over this war that's happening to them right and that and like that that you'd think that that would sort of be utilized in the drama like like nobody really wants to do this but they don't have control over the people who are sending them to war oh yeah right but like that sort of isn't like uh yeah no, and, really and i, I sort of thought of like a way to say the armistice thing is like how is it that there's a war there's a movie where the quest is to end a war which they do by preventing an armistice <laughs> like that just seems it's, like it's weird you have to do a lot of fancy footwork for yep. that to make sense and you know we should say that the that that the that that the movie works as well as it does i yeah. think is a testament to the to patty jenkins skill and kind of nimbleness with like keeping Absolutely. things moving and you know i think she she does a nice job of using tempo to hide some weaknesses in the script yeah i think that's right and and you know it's it's like actually pretty beautiful to watch and yeah. the performances are are like they're it has a lightness even though it's like in some ways a very heavy or a dark yeah it's not heavy-handed movie. it's not there's a yeah i like the word nimble that that seems right and and even for do i say it Gadot or Gadot? Gadot. Gal Gadot. Like I, I feel like she had a lightness to yeah. this performance too. That was really that was really nice. And, and, and it, it is nice. And if you had sat through uh, Batman v Superman, you would you would be especially appreciative of it. Yeah. That that movie is so so heavy and and in an unearned way. You know. Yeah. Like Gallipoli is a heavy movie, but it earns every every ounce. And yep. Batman v Superman is does doesn't earn it. It's just leaden and <laughs> um and oppressive. Yeah. Um and and you know, going back to the to the look, you know, Wonder Woman has things in common with the visual style of Batman v Superman. Mm. Um uh like the the way they do the the sort of slow down slow motion bits and speed ramping in the in the fight scenes mm-hmm. is uh is reminiscent of Zack Snyder's i think she does it generally like way better mm-hmm. um like more coherent and less just like fetishizing of the violence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and the movie like it's got enough of the same look as those other movies to to like to, fit in, yeah, but 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 again, like they their their look, I I, I find, I, the, I don't know the only word I have is oppressive. And, yeah, yeah, and and this, you know, it's just it's just got a, a enough of a hint that that you that it feels like it's uh, part of the same world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so so let's talk about the last scene because this is I think where the movie. Like the scene where she like is looking at the thing in the box and the oh sorry suitcase. no the, like no the uh, let's that's that's the epilogue but let's say like Act Three there where she confronts Ludendorff and then Ares yeah at the at the airfield and Steve explodes and Steve explodes um, not my favorite can I no, just say like enough. like uh, so yeah let's talk about it but one of the things I was thinking when when you were talking about um, what people say in fight scenes like in confrontations where it's like you're just like me and then the response is like I'm nothing like you the other thing that gets said a lot is like Aerie says this thing that I feel like comes out in a lot of maybe sci-fi action movies I don't mm-hmm. know where it's like humans are just bad like you're yeah. mean and you're cruel and you're blah and you're blah and then you know the person is always like well maybe that's true but we also are like kind and we have love yep. and we're heroic and all that stuff and I was a little bit like this is boring um we are mean and bad but also but like there's got to be a better response I don't I don't know so- I, I I agree it was a little bit of a cliche I think the movie handled it well though because mm-hmm. Because of where Diana started and where Absolutely. she was at that moment. But wouldn't um, you rather say, like, you're right, but we can be better, and I'm going to try to do that. So, like, maybe we could have, like, I don't know, <sighs> what, a League of Nations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so. Great idea. Yeah. Um, sure. But I, I guess, I guess like, if, if you're going to use that cliche, I think this movie did an, a nice job with it's it. It's the be- right movie for that cliche. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, it had, it brought us along that sort of that same journey with 
Diana. Of- but it's the other problem, just like to just to like tag on to that is like, so they they disapprove, they find to be distasteful and unethical. Um, kind of mechanized warfare, chemical warfare, but like slicing people's heads with swords is fine. And I, you know, yeah, that as, seems as like, I predicted in, as you, in you our... absolutely did. You called that one like perfectly. And it's not that surprising because it's something that people said about the great war at the time. Right. And like, I don't know. I don't know how you get out of it. Like, I don't, you know, if you're going to set a superhero movie during war, world war one, that's not going to be like a total deconstruction. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see how you get yeah, out of it. Yeah, but it's just so weird because like the whole thing with the Amazons was like they were enslaved and they were like, which I, I thought was like kind of an interesting metaphor of like womanness. Um, yeah, right. But but like, but then their thing is their job is to keep the world safe from Ares, but also be really badass warriors all the time, but only like the noble kind that like kills you with an arrow <laughs> or like three arrows shot all at once. Right. In while your face. you're jumping through the, and twisting through the air. Right. Which is like really Pretty cool, cool. and cool. badass, but like also, yeah, right. They're is like, it worse than dying from like a machine gun. I really don't know. I hope I never ever have any reason to find out how those things compare, but yeah. Right. So, so, you know, I mean, in a way, it, yeah, I, I think it's, it's problematic and like, you know, I would but be maybe interested. Maybe that's just in, too much for me to expect from a movie. Maybe, like that. I, I would just say I would be interested in a movie that made that case. Right. Sure. Like I think I would be really interested in that. And you know, could could you could you sure. make it, can you make that case that like face to face hand to hand violence is somehow better than mecha- mechanized violence? I don't know. Someone um, probably has, but I, think I, I mean, I'm sure wrong. many people have. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that. Mo- like in like a mainstream sort of blockbuster format, I, I would be really interested in that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, one of the things that I said in when I was talking about action scenes in my follow up to the homework episode was it, that they have to be about something mm-hmm. more than just physical confrontation in mm-hmm. order to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, a common criticism of superhero movies, especially Marvel movies, is that the last, I don't know, half hour is just this sort of semi-coherent stuff mm-hmm. blowing up. And, like, all the great character work that's been done throughout the movie is sort of set aside so that things, so this, things can blow sure. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, And people get bored because they, like, they all end this. Like, they all have the same third act where, like, right. a bunch and of And you know is, who's going to win. Yep. Because it's not that kind of movie. It's not, right, like, right. a cliffhanger or something, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, That's and there may the be right some twists that you don't see coming, but but maybe not. Um, but the bottom line is that yeah, that the yeah that 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 the, the character stuff has to end up getting set aside in some ways, and and you know some some recent movies that have kept things smaller have been really applauded for that. Mm. I think probably the the best example would be the movie Logan, which keeps things at a very sort of human scale. Is that the, the wol- a Wolverine one? Yeah, really tremendous movie. Um, I don't think I saw that one. I did see a wol- Wolverine one though. There was a one that came out we actually that, that I together. think I saw with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we, we saw that in the theater together. Our, we did. Yeah. Ha ha ha! I forgot about that. Yeah, that totally. movie's terrible. Um, it's not great. But also, I heard that the guy who played Wolverine did not know that Wolverines were a real animal. <laughs> That's funny. He's from Australia. Yeah, and they don't, they don't have them they there. don't have Wolverines. It's so there. funny, like this funny. whole time. He thought it was a magic. He's like, wait, wait, you mean they're real? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh but but I guess I guess uh, Wonder Woman is a movie that ends on a big, big battle with lots of stuff getting blown up and lots of computer effects. Um mm-hmm. David Thulis wearing weird metal armor made out of I don't know pieces of. I like tanks that or part whatever. though. That was I like, cool. and when it was like melting, and then he like smeared it so that he could see, like he made his helmet. Oh yeah, that was that was cool. a great moment. I thought, but so, I mean, I also my favorite part of the Force Awakens is when Ray does that thing with the bread. So oh, that's pretty cool. It is so cool, and it puffs up, and yeah. oh man, yeah, yeah, the best part. <laughs> Spoilers for the Force Awakens. She makes bread. <laughs> Culinary moment. <laughs> the Force Awakens cookbook. Uh, you know, they actually, that, that was a real, I mean, that wasn't like, um, that wasn't a computer effect or whatever. They no, actually they really a, did a, a it. Chemistry set. The guy who did it was like, that was like the hardest thing I did for this you whole know, movie. Not edible, I don't think. In Probably my life, not. But still. Real. Uh, so I guess, I guess what, what did we think of that, that final battle? You know, David Thewlis does make a helmet and like poke eye holes, which was I cool. I like that but, part. But did, what, was it a f- effective? Did, did, did it keep you engaged through that last 20 minutes uh, yeah, of the movie Yeah, I mean, I. Just like backtracking to her fight with Ludendorff, which um, like immediately precedes that, 
I, I found that also like kind of they're in that greenhouse, and I, I thought yeah. that was kind of riveting because yeah, I mean, I was like, I was going to be way ma- like, mm, I'm annoyed. And I'm on alert. I like I'm on alert that Lindorf is a character in the movie and he's a real guy. Yeah. I would have been much more irritated if he really had been Aries. <laughs> like yeah. so, so that moment when he's not, I was like, oh, okay. Like now it's getting interesting. Um, both kind of from a dramatic point of view and from like an ethical, historical point of view too. Um, right. And I should say that like that's that was. I mean, I I agree. I thought that fight was riveting because you know I mean Aries had his like super inhaler or whatever or not aries but uh ludendorff had his yeah had his super inhaler um (laughs) but but you know it's not a fair fight and you know you know you know he's not aries and you know that diana i didn't know he wasn't aries oh okay Um, and i definitely didn't know that the nice kindly prime minister was aries i knew he was a bad guy i I thought he was a spy i thought he was a german spy um but Oh, just just like yeah, I was like, is she gonna? Is she just gonna straight up put a sword through this guy? Because it's one thing to like for a superhero to like mess some people up in a, in the middle of a battle, but it's sort of mm-hmm. like one of those rules that when a when a hero has a villain defenseless, they don't kill them. Right, and then they seem like they're gonna let them go, and then the villain's like really only faking and tries to kill them, and yeah. then they like fall off the rooftop, and it's like it's sure. Convenient. I mean that that happens, or or you know that's really only in like Beauty and the Beast Disney version, but yeah. Oh no, uh, uh, the original <laughs> Sam Raimi Sam Raimi Spider Man too, basically. Oh, okay, yeah, the original. Um, uh, yeah, but but nope. Like so, I was, I was like, she really gonna do that? Yep, she puts and a sword straight through. He was a human guy. Him. He yeah. was like just a guy. She just killed some dude. It's like yeah. okay, well that movie. They went for it and and they didn't like back down from it either. You know, they're like, yep, she, she did this thing and it was actually maybe not the right decision. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, she was was a bad guy. Right. But but she was, she was wrong about this. She was wrong. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't who she thought he was. And how Um, could he have been? I mean, that just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. Like she was very naive. And I think the movie did a good job with that, that like making her not, I mean, she wasn't idiotic, but she was really naive about certain kinds of things. And she would like glom on to a certain idea and then. Just be like, this is our quest. We're going to yeah. do it, right? Because she's exactly. she's got this sort of storybook idea of how the world. Well, that's how works. everybody like feels about war at the at, at the start. Well, right, not especially if you grew up in people. in Greek mythology, you might yeah. have the, some some you know yeah. simplistic ideas about the world. Absolutely, um, but but <laughs> that's a really great point. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, what what do you think about the Ares battle then? I I mean I can't really remember the, oh, the ins sign. and outs so much, but I. I think I wasn't bored and okay. I was also like really sad that Steve died in the middle of it. And that scene yes. where he makes the choice where it's, it's like, you can see all of the things that he's thinking and feeling yeah. was really, it again, was like it was a moment that they didn't back down from. It wasn't yep. sort of like he goes up in the plane and is like, love you, babe, like whatever. They, they and then he just explodes like that. You sat with him for that. And I was like, don't do it. But, but they also, it, but they don't. also like didn't like milk it either. Right. You know, like it was emotional without being like, I thought it was very good. I thought yep. again, very just deft. It was impressive. Like, yeah. 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 I thought directing. that was, yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, I I basically felt like that battle between between Diana and Ares at the end was a was about something. Yeah. You know, again, more than just the physical conflict in that. Yeah. That was, it was I mean, about that was her what being wrong, but then like wanting it, like wanting to make it right somehow. In some in, ways. In some yeah? ways, I, I, yeah. And like dealing with her own feelings of like disappointment in humanity. Yeah. Um. And and like. Yeah, not being like overwhelmed by them, and in in some ways, I I didn't mean to do this, but in some ways, it really is an analogous to. I would say not quite as not quite as daring, but but analogous to the battle at the end of Return of the Jedi, mm. where there's like this emotional struggle right. going on in the main character about about the battle, and, and that's high and praise from you. Happening, yeah, 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 yeah. I you know I think Return of the Jedi does something like. I want to say maybe more ambitious by having the resolution be that Luke throws down his lightsaber and says, I'm not going to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. I and wish I, that she had done that and that that would have like, if it, like somehow that had had its own power. Yeah. But, right. it, but like, which of course would have you know, potentially been very sentimental and or uh, unrealistic, but there's something but about maybe that. It that worked. Been maybe you, maybe yes. you beat the God of war by not fighting anymore. Uh, kind of. That uh, seems just right to me actually. And, and she actually beat him by 
like putting a god spear through him. Yeah, um, which is another way of doing. Well, it. and being like, I'm filled with love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like just stabbing him, which I thought was another moment where I was like. I know what's happening here and it's her journey and she's fallen in love. She's fall- She's like has a certain kind of love. Yeah. But like the first thing, the first upsetting thing or the fo- first emotional moment in the movie is that her aunt, her like beloved um, family member is killed. And like, that's not enough to sort of like, I mean, that's enough to send her on the first part of her journey, but it was right. sort of like, Oh, but you have to fall in love with like, in th- you have to have this kind of love. I think like, it was. I, I think. Know. I mean, I, I get that. I think it was also about specifically like having love for normal humans. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Not that's just a good for point. these sort of perfect Amazons living in their perfect yeah. perfect island. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so, that makes sense. Okay. So, so we think the the final battle was more or less successful in, yeah, in I think keeping so. us engaged in in a, in a way that that those sorts of cgi conflagrations don't always we're we're going we're going a little long here i do i want one other scene i want to talk about because i think it was probably my favorite scene in the movie before you do that let me just say one thing last thing about this i just i i wish there was a a space to explore and i wish the movie had explored the exact thing that you brought up about like maybe the way to fight the god of war is to stop fighting maybe there's something that we do maybe peace isn't just the absence of conflict maybe it's like something else and i think the whole movie could have explored that in a much more ambitious interesting way than it did and i know that maybe that's asking too much but the movie did so many things that were asking too much and i just i wish for that you know i wish she had been like here's what we're gonna do you know and in some ways like one of the things that actually does end the war is in fact the russian revolution and then the beginnings of the german revolution which that is their message Mm-hmm. is to like i mean that's the one of the bolsheviks promises was like out of the war peace right. land and bread and like that's extremely powerful at this period in this period and so like the fact that like it never crosses anybody's mind in the movie is like i just thought it was a missed opportunity yep i think that's fair yeah um but your favorite scene my favorite scene was the after after the trench battle she goes and she fights more germans and then she like jumps up and smashes the the bell tower in the church this is when she's like in flanders or belgium or somewhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then the women are and, wearing those amazing frilly hats and they're celebrating afterward and yes. they're all just hanging out at this cafe yeah and, and it's snowing yep and they're dancing or, or yeah. swaying as she puts it which by the way another thing that kind of swaying dance that's not going to be for like another like 50 years really well, I mean, yeah, like okay. formal dance, social dance, like people did dance steps. Oh, you know, I like, guess that's a good point. Yeah, that's like post 1960s. I think. I mean, I'm not okay. actually an historian of dance, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> historians of dance, write in and tell us about. There are such the a dance. Thing. I'm sure there are. I yeah. I just I, I I was chuckling at the notion that our audience is full of historians of dance, just <laughs> just they who've just been waiting for an excuse to to write into the show. Um, <laughs> I I just I love that scene. I love her interactions with the uh, the Scottish guy. What's his name? Charlie? Is that oh, his name? Yeah. I forget. He's, he is kind of weirdly like paralyzed, right? He's like a yeah. He's like an unwilling. He's like totally traumatized. He can't, he can't shoot the guy. Yep. Yep. But he's playing music, and it's like he's the, a he's, sniper who can't shoot. Yeah, and he's singing, and it's like the first time he's anyone's heard yeah. him sing in years. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's and part. then and then they end up going up to upstairs together. Right. Um, in which I th- I thought was just like a really amazing scene. Like I just thought that was so well acted and yeah, yeah, you know, and not like too licentious or like no, not at all. Just about yeah. like two people who've like really deeply connected in this mm-hmm. way and mm-hmm. um and like not prudish and not, not like but coy. not salacious. Yeah, right, exactly. Just yeah. like you know, grown adults doing adult stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought yeah, you know, I thought that like, was really, really, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it's a nice it has a nice parallel in there, like kind of funny, awkward, but like ultimately not like squirmy conversation they have when they're in the ship in the boat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah, she's yeah. kind of like, I just like don't I mean, I'm not like I'm happy to talk about this with you. Like I don't need to be weirded out by this. And he's kind of like, uh but yeah. like ultimately is not like freaked out. Right. He's just not sure what how to take what she's given out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say like you know I I've again I've I've made comments on this show before about how great I think Magic Mike XXL is, which I, I still haven't seen, and, so, and and still like have no like I don't even know what that is. So, are you familiar with the movie Magic Mike? Nope. So that was a it's a uh, Steven Soderbergh movie with Channing mm. Tatum and Matthew McConaughey about male strippers. Is in this Tampa. okay? Sure, sure, yeah. 
So, I, right. Mm-hmm. So Magic Mike is a, is a really good movie and I recommend it. And it's, it's sort of, it sort of ends up being this movie about exploitation and, you know, the American dream post financial crisis. And it's and, the reason that like Channing Tatum shows his butt in every movie that he's ever in. Uh, I mean, I don't know that that's I think it's reason. like in his contract now. Oh, it could be. <laughs> um, and I think, I think he helped write it cause I think he was a, he, I think he was a stripper before he was an actor. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, um, but it's sort of, it's, you know, it's sort of about these people who are being exploited for their bodies. Um, mm-hmm. Magic Mike XXL, the, the sequel is about how stripping is awesome. Um, <laughs> and about how male strippers are actually like shamanic healers. Um, Whoa. Okay. Traveling across America and, and bringing. I can't tell if this is ironic, like whether you're, I'm not, I, I, I don't know I'm what to one, think. I'm 100% sincere. Okay. Um. And I it, can't tell you feel about this then. Really I, I, I love I love this movie. I think it's amazing. Okay. And I think okay. everyone should watch it. <laughs> but w- one of the things I love about the movie is the way it takes uh, female desire seriously. Mm-hmm. As l- and 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 without like condescending to it at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like guys, you know, with glistening abs, you know, squirming all over and everything. <laughs> but like but it's just like the attitude of the movie is like, yeah, of course, some people like to watch this stuff, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Some of those people are um, women. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I would say that's one thing the movie doesn't do, which is acknowledge that you know a big portion of the audience for male strippers is gay men. Gay men, yeah. Um, but I think this that scene sort of captured something similar. Where it's like, yeah, women, like grown women, have sexual desires and, and like can be autonomous about that, and, right? you know, yep. express themselves. You and know, even a woman who's never actually odd. encountered like a male body before yeah. doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like a crisis right. for her. It's just like, we had this really uh, unusual day and, uh, you know, right. Cause that's like that cra- crazy yeah. day and, and but yeah. it ends in this very sweet way. And that's, that's what they want to do with their evening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was my, my favorite part of the movie. I find that very charming that that was your favorite part. Yeah. Oh, I'm a sucker. <laughs> I think I think the very beginning was probably my favorite. I liked mm-hmm. I like the sort of domestic Amazonian yeah. scenes where I, she's I, like this I love little all that stuff too. Yeah, because I mean that her mom is also sort of interesting. I I didn't she wasn't really It's clear that 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 the Robin Wright character is kind of like um her real role model, yeah, Diana's her spiritual real role model. mother, but right, but 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 her, I don't even want to say biological mother because she's like made of clay. But um, well, she wasn't really though. That was that was just a story, right? Because because we actually yeah. find out that her her mother banged Zeus. Oh, I forgot about that. That's interesting. So, but in in like I don't know. I've only read like the Wonder Woman picture book that I had when I was a kid. But in that iteration, she is like made of clay. Oh, okay. I, like, I, they they really did make her out of something, and then I think Zeus or somebody like breathes maybe Aphrodite breathes life into her, and oh, okay. she like becomes a person. Oh, so cool. right, oh yeah. So she she right her real her her biological mom is indeed her biological mom, and she's sort of like a, has a different take on the whole thing. Yeah, right. Because she's she knows that someday she's going to have to go confront Ares, and she's mm-hmm. she's scared of what's going to happen, so she's sort of hiding her. But she's also sort of like maybe that won't happen. Yeah, or maybe we can put it off anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, look at that. Um, yeah, so... So, generally, it sounds like we wanted more from it, both in terms of sort of, like, uh, daring, ambitious, uh, dramatic, or um, or sort of, like, ethical um, arguments, but we really liked a lot of things about it and felt like it got a lot of things right and was fun and... Like you know, a, a good, generally a good movie for women. A, a, yeah, a, a good like in the in the I don't know a battle of the sexes, like a score for the good side or something. I don't yeah, know. and I, I would say uh, like you know within the DC movie hero universe, a, a very very welcome addition in Breath of of Fresh Air, mm-hmm. and and you know as someone who's a fan of superhero movies, generally I would say I I hope I hope they take this movie's success seriously and yeah. and um i would watch more wonder woman movies yeah 
But I would not watch like the immediate sequel. Like I don't want the interwar slash World War II version of this. Think, like I, I don't think, think that's a terrible that. idea. I don't, don't do think it, you're going to get that. Patty. I think I think the, I think the next Wonder Woman movie will be set in in uh, uh, modern times. And I think that would be really fun too. Like I think that would be really fascinating and interesting. I would yep. like to see Wonder Woman make make the kind of like snubbing yet innocent uh, offhand comments about our. Out, uh, clothing and gender roles that she makes about like Europe in the teens. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, maybe she won't because she won't be new to it. Does she go home to like Amazon Town for? I don't for know. It? I mean, I mean, you know, when when she left, her mother said, "You may never come back." I would go back to that place, though, dude. Uh, sure. No, it looks, <laughs> it looks nice. It does. Yeah. This is really fun. I'm glad we watched the movie. I'm glad we talked about the movie. I am likewise glad that uh, we watched it and talked about it. Yeah. So this is the end of our third, second season. Yeah. This is our bonus. So we're going to be taking a bit of a break and then we'll be back again. Yeah. But, you know, listeners, you should know that we're we're already hard at work on, um, on season three. And uh, in the meantime, you can follow the show on Twitter. We're at TMWIW Podcast. Um, you know, any any sort of show news will be on there, uh, new episodes going out, that sort of stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Amos Worth. Uh, you can go to the website, TMWIW.net. Um, there's a, uh, a contact form on the website, so you can send us your thoughts about the show, Wonder Woman, whatever else. We're... We're always happy to hear from uh, from listeners. Oh, that reminds me. I did get a comment from one of our listeners that um, he thought that I should, for one year, I should do all of your hobbies and then see how I feel. All of my hobbies for a year? <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds crazy. But, like, I didn't know if it was all of them at once or, like, serially or... Yeah. I well, I mean, it's not the worst idea. I don't think I'm gonna, but I thought it was an interesting idea. And I just it wanted is, to give it, it a is, shout out. It is an interesting idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you uh, can barely do your hobbies for a year, so. Exactly. I don't yeah. know what that would prove. Uh, I, yeah, probably very, very little, I think. <laughs> uh, I was going to say something else. Follow, oh, sorry. Follow, no, that's fine. Follow me. Follow the show. Don't follow you. Follow anything else. I don't know. That's it, I think. Um. Yeah, so we'll be back at some point. I don't know, end of the summer maybe. Yeah, yeah, and and we love to hear from you. And if you have any, I don't know, feedback or requests. Yeah, we, we read them. Then we decide not to do them and laugh at you. Oh. But it's cool. Oh, that's what I was it. Rate, rate and review us on rate and review us on iTunes. That's that's the best way to help other people find the show. And uh, you know, you can also help people find the show by telling them about us. Um, yeah. You know, if you if you have friends or family who who might. Uh, might enjoy the sort of the sort of talking that we do uh hook them up yeah okay well uh sophie this has been a lot of fun and as um, always you know i'll probably see you in real life before we do this again so uh talk to you soon talk to you soon Bye. bye